All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Transformability Podcast. My name again is Jonathan, also known as JV the Transformer. Um, with me today, talented actress, literally the meaning of transformability because she does so much. Star of One Little Finger, Tamela D'Amico. How are you? Thank you for joining me. Hopefully I got your name correct. You absolutely did. Most people do not. And you nailed it on the first shot. And you didn't even ask how to pronounce it, which is great. I was like literally studying all week because I'm like, <laughs> I know for a fact I'm either going to butcher the first one or the last name. So I'm very happy that I uh, got the name correctly. But you, you, you inspire me completely because not only are you a jazz musician, you're a director, producer, actress. So, but you are in a movie called One Little Finger. If the people don't know about the movie, it's highly recommended for me because if you don't know me by now, I am a gentleman with cerebral palsy. But if the people don't know about the movie, just briefly let the people know what the movie is about. Sure. I play a character named Reina, who's a neurologist, who leaves her medicinal practice to go to India to study at a disability institute because she has certain ideas about music uh, therapy as a mode of care, as, a, as an alternative medicine to care for people with disabilities. And she has this very eat, pray, love adventure in India because she leaves a bad relationship in the States, goes to India and her life and also her theories about music therapy are changed while she's there. And interspersed between her story is the story of two people named Den and Angel who have what would be considered maybe an impossible love. And she, she sort of learns the meaning of love again from them. That is amazing. Uh, I'll get into Den a little bit later, but first question would be, as an actor, what led you to take on this role? Sure. Um, so the, the film came to me by a bit of magic. Uh, I was offered the role after I had had this weird, I don't know if you're into meditation or anything spiritual, but I was meditating by a lake with a friend. We were just sort of, you know, joking around. And uh, I had this vision of India and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I should go to India. And then two weeks later, I was offered this role out of nowhere. And I, yeah, I had been offered movies before in India and I didn't take them because we didn't know the infrastructure over there. And my representatives were like, you know, if we send you there, we have no way of protecting you. We know nothing about India. But anyway, two weeks later, the director of Rupam Sarma contacted me on Facebook because apparently my representatives turned him down. And he's like, I just want to make sure you know about this movie. He sent me the script and the script was so beautiful and so moving that I thought, how do I not be a part of something like this? It's so special. It's so unique. Uh, it represents and characterizes people with disabilities in a way that I had never seen on screen. So I knew from the script it was going to be something special. And then, of course, as an actress, you hope the execution is just as great. And I went back and forth to India over three years um, filming this because the, the shooting schedule was so long. It was a long process. But uh, that's how it came to me. And I just knew from reading the script that it was just something special to be a part of. That is insane. Uh, I actually uh, remember hearing the story that the director kind of sought you out for the role. So, like, 
in my so another question I would have is like what what in a script do you look for in order for you to be like this is a role I would take or like has there ever been scripts that you have received that you regret later on in life not taking yeah and it sort of relates to this movie actually so um what i responded to in this script and what i love in all movies especially even as a filmmaker i like championing the little guy i like people who think you know they could be great if just they could get out of their small town and then they realize they're great within their small town so within this script my character you know, she left her life behind, as did I as an actress, uh, to go to India to have this experience, knowing full well it could either turn to garbage or be something miraculous. Mm -hmm. And she was willing to change. She herself was willing to seek out a journey and change. But then for the people that she was working with, those people are the, the little man, you know, ideal that I, that I was talking about, that basically, even the actors in the film thought at one point that they couldn't do it because they were told that they couldn't do it by the first financiers. We lost funding the first time around because the financiers were like, we want real actors who are able-bodied to, to play these roles. Right. And Rupam championed, you know, so many people in the film, there's 80 people with disabilities in the film. He's like, no, you do it. You can do it. Nobody can tell you that you can't do it. It's up to you to fight for your your goals and your dreams, and they they all did. Den, uh, his his full name is Siam Deb Mukherjee, but he goes by Den, and he also goes by Den in the movie. The movie is kind of based a little bit on his real life. So, uh, you know, at first he thought, you know, when the financing fell through, he said, "Okay, I'm not I'm not going to take this." And then he surprised himself. He did it, and he, you know, he even did his own stunts in the movie. It's like it's crazy. But I like movies that champion the little guy, and the little guy realizes, like, wow, I too am great. So that was one thing. As far as a role that I've passed up, so how the reason why this movie became so important to me in so many ways is because I had been offered, as I mentioned, two Indian films prior to this, and my representatives turned them down. And the one prior to this opened in the Cannes Film Festival. So I was like, bummer, I should have done that. Who knew that that was gonna take off and be something big? And yeah. I was so mad about it. And then, you know, years later now this comes to me and ironically enough, like you gotta be careful about what you manifest. We opened in Cannes, that was our first premiere. So it was like, I ended up getting it anyway, which was really cool. And that was just a magical experience to have our first premiere there in Europe with people all over the world who were like, wow, thank you so much for doing this movie. So we knew when we opened there that we had something special. Yeah, I mean, even seeing the movie from my bedside in New Jersey, I was like, wow. And you pointed to something that I was gonna mention is that I am completely grateful for this movie because Again, you see movies that don't champion it as well as this movie did. You know, there was a movie a couple years ago called Me Before You that was portrayed by Emma Clark, and I forget the guy's name that was in it, but it was about a gentleman who ends up, like, in a wheelchair because of an accident. But then again, you know, at the end of the movie, he can get out of it and walk again. So I think that's right. the thing that separates one little finger from a lot of movies that I've seen. And the crazy thing about it is I haven't seen 
movies that deal with um, people with disabilities as well as this did. The reason being, Rupam decided to be like, no, this movie is about abilities or in disability, so let me find people with disabilities to actually do the acting. And I think that is the beautiful thing about this movie. And I think it's definitely something that people should watch because it's not just actors playing the part. You actually have people with these struggles that are in these movies play, playing themselves. Yeah, I think what sets this film apart is it's not even just that they're playing themselves. We take you through what the daily wants, desires, struggles of somebody with a disability has to go through. I walked away from this movie thinking something I had never thought prior, which is like, now I look at every building and I think, oh, is there a ramp here? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is this, is this accessible for everyone? And I myself live in a 1920s building and it is, it has two elevators, but beyond that, it is definitely not set up for that. They didn't think of those things way back then, you know, now in newer built buildings you do, but uh, you really take their journey on from like a daily process of what is this person's quote unquote struggle and how do they get through? And, you know, for many, it's not a struggle. It's just daily life. This is what I need to do to get through daily life. And the people watching it, I mean, we've seen this movie all over the world with audiences and there's two, two things that happen all the time. One, people start to become uncomfortable watching it because they've never seen this before. They've never experienced somebody trying to get up a stair without the use of their uh, accoutrements, you know, like they, they, without the walker, without the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. They've never seen that. And this is what the struggle is. And people get uncomfortable. And I'm like, good, be uncomfortable because you don't know what you don't know. That's number one. The second thing is afterwards, I'm, I was, I'm always surprised by people who are caretakers of people with disabilities who come up and say, thank you, thank you so much because we've never seen something like this on screen and nobody knows what it takes for us to go through life, meaning not us, meaning them and the person with the disability, that we have a different life, but it's still a life and it's still important and it should be acknowledged. And disability is not about charity. This is not to be looked on with charity. It's a human rights issue. Everything that this movie is fighting for and promoting the ability and disability, that is a human rights issue. It is not, oh, donate to this charitable organization. Everyone deserves to have the right to achieve whatever they want to achieve. We are one tree trunk with many branches and all need to be supported. And it's just the sad fact of that is it took this many years beyond our lifetimes to have something like this be in a public forum, you know? And it's just like now that Den and Abinaya, who who um, who plays Angel, she's hearing impaired. She has her own language, by the way, which is super interesting to work with her. You know, most people have like American Sign Language or whatever. She has her own language. And we work together. I don't speak her language. She can't hear me, but we work together like aces. She's such a pro. And Everybody, she has done like a hundred movies or so under her belt. So she is a professional actor, but a lot of people were not in this film. And uh, they came out of it 
with such confidence that has led them to do other things. They have written novels, they've put on plays, they've continued their journeys as artists. And that is like such a feat for any artist, no matter what you have going on. Right. So, and the other thing is, you know, not all, not all, you know, quote unquote disabilities are physical. Sometimes you can't see. And, you know, if I met you, I wouldn't know you had anything. You just seem like a cool guy from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I am, but you know. Yeah, I mean, th that's that's how I would just think of you. Yeah. And I think that is the point. Like now, I promote people first language, which states, you know, who a person is, not what they have first. It's all about acknowledging this is my brother. He's awesome. He has a podcast. Oh yeah, by the way, he has cerebral palsy. Like it shouldn't come first. So it's just having this movie and talking to everybody and promoting something that seems so obvious, you know, but isn't still. Uh, it's just a joy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so overjoyed that I get to be an able-bodied advocate for this. Yeah, and I'm, again, I am so thankful that I'm able to see this movie and be able to meet you now because, you know, I, like you were saying, the same struggles with the movie of how this building is an ADA um, regulated you know, I go through the same struggles. Thankfully, I live in a condo where everything is accessible. But even when I'm traveling, you know, there there are certain times I just want to be able to get out and just go on my own. But Uber for disabilities doesn't work in New Jersey as it would in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I want to do that, I have to travel to New York to do that. And I just feel like it shouldn't be that way. So yeah. You know, when I remember in the movie when you were, you and Den were speaking and you were like, are you okay? Like, can I just leave you? Like, are you sure? It was like, wow, I remember having to go like, damn, I can't get into this building because there's stairs and it's just not okay. I think this movie, out of everything, I mean, you've pretty much answered like every question I had. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, like this movie will... If people get to see it, I think this movie will definitely change a lot of people's mind. And I wish that this movie could be the leading point to be like, no, we have to make a change. You know, and then I, I looked at the point where in the movie where you got Angel the cell phone just so, you know, you and her can communicate. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you find that person they could rely on, it's one of the greatest things. I, yeah. didn't really, I didn't really have a social life until one of my former coworkers from work built a wooden ramp just so I can go and spend time with his family. And now he has become like the person I lean on in my brotherhood. But um, aside from that. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is one of the things that I'm grateful for every day. Aside from that, though, you are a Jill of all trades. You're a jazz musician, producer, director, actor. Um, you do so much. So my thing is mentally, like, how are you able to balance all of that in life and in your career? Because I know when you try to take on six, seven things, you end up, you know, having issues or you get confused or one thing just takes over the other. So how do you find that balance? It really, the balance is easier than what most people think. I'm a natural multitasker by trade, but projects take a long time to develop. So it's like, if I'm developing a script, 
that's being worked on while something else is shooting or you know right now nobody's performing so i'm not perform i'm not having any concerts and i'm actually working on an album starting to now to go and record but the time when we're going to be able to actually perform and, and tour that's that's not going to be for a bit so that's sort of back burner but even so in the past when we didn't have the pandemic um it's just you take it by job by job scenario and it's like you know if you do if you're a person who has one job it's like you're one you're one worker with many accounts and it's like which account needs me today so yeah. that's sort of how it is but it's not like i'm like oh i'm over here i'm over here like it seems like that maybe to somebody who who doesn't have it but i i have always done all these things i investigated what they were when i was a kid and you know i thought as a performer you have to be good at everything you have to be good at your trade to know or understand what uh other people are doing around you. I, I just love to learn. So I like knowing, you know, on a set what everyone does and what their job resp responsibilities are because it only makes me a better producer and a better director. So I understand their process and their grievances during the day, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, I know you were talking about why you took the role and the importance of it, but do you feel that it was extra special because you are a jazz musician and you were able to take part of your world and then dump it into this movie like you know what i mean like um people so here's the thing i i don't sing in the movie well i did sing in the movie but we cut it out because it was getting kind of long and just wasn't necessary and i was i was happy to not be playing I, basically she dates a musician who thinks that mm -hmm. she is only doing this and in involving herself in music theories to get closer to him when in actuality she's like no i have my own career i'm a neurologist i i i have these thoughts about you know therapy with music and i sort of felt like i don't want to make her you know this all-knowing professional musician i want her to have more discovery so i didn't want to say i don't even sing on the soundtrack i didn't really want to to be a part of it in that way and just be in it as an actress and you know, it was a lot. It's a big ask to ask an American actor to go over to India and film a movie. Um, the shooting schedule is very drawn out. Um, I was in places where there was no Wi-Fi for days and I had like heart of darkness moments where I was like, nobody knows where I am. I'm the only person here. I don't know any of these people. It was sort of scary as, as much as it was exciting. And it's not for everyone. Like I tell actors, go to India, go make a movie, it's incredible. But you have to have resilience to be able to be with yourself uh, and and be willing to be away from America where your normal work is. So I took myself out of the marketplace in America to do it and willingly, you know, it was important for me and willingly I did. And I, I you know, I'm just overjoyed to be a part of it. And the fact that it has legs, it's on Amazon, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere you stream movies, it's available. But I always direct people to Amazon because I feel like that's what people know. I mean, it was easier. I mean, I did rent it. So mm -hmm. Amazon is great. So you're saying you left the, the musician side of you to focus directly on acting for this movie. Because I would feel like if you are a musician, you would kind of sprinkle a little bit of your musicianship, if that's even a word, too. Yeah, no, it's there. I mean, here's the thing. The 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 frequencies of the soundtrack uh, are music therapy. So when you're watching the movie, it is elevating you and making you feel a certain way that you're not even aware. Um, you know, different frequencies do different things to your body. 
so in that regard, as a viewer, you will feel it. But as an actress, of course, the musician part is part of me. I mean, my character also has such great ideas and, and interest in the music elements of it. But when I got there, you know, the, the students that are in the movie, they had trained for six months to become actors, but they were already mu like astute musicians. They are incredible musicians. And one little girl uh, who sits down front and she plays the bongos, I mean, she's been playing since she was an infant and she has such rhythm. It's like unmatched how good she is. Uh, and it's just in her bones. But yes, I mean, I, had I not been a music musician prior, I wouldn't know how to lead them or, you know, whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, the musician part of me is always a part of me. As a director, I directed rhythms on set. Uh, even something as simple as I'm like, hey, Jonathan, I need you to go from there to there. So ba ba da ba da ba da you know, like just like that. And then people are like, oh, okay, now they have some sort of syncopation of how this feels. And it seems so silly, but that's my brain is always working like that. So it, to me, it's just a natural element, but it wasn't like I was like tactically saying in this scene, here's the music in this scene. India is just riddled with so much effortless music uh, just, in the, just in, the, in the way of living. Uh, it kind of was already, I would say 85% there. Absolutely. Um, one one question I had for you was: Have you ever experienced um somebody with a disability prior to filming this movie, or did you learn about disability while filming this movie? Yes. So, um, I have a couple of people in my family who have had disabilities. Some are no longer here, and then some are. I I deal a lot with um kids, students, people, friends with autism which people forget, like that is also part of the whole entire spectrum of what that means. And uh, I don't know, it's interesting because I'm such an outside the box thinker. In this movie, I say these are not children with disabilities or children with magical abilities. And I, I will tell you every person I have ever met with autism has a magical ability. So to me, I'm like, they're sort of, they're dealing with some magic that we're not aware of in a way. Um, but it's a learning curve, uh, no matter what, it's a learning curve. But I, growing up as a kid, my mom was very involved in different organizations. And I, as a kid, I have to be honest, like I didn't understand why. I'm the youngest of five kids. Uh, and I think my mom had such a deep, um, like not compassion, that's not the right word. I mean, she did have compassion, but she had such a deep appreciation for those with disabilities, I think having known she had five kids who didn't have anything. And and we are spread out in age. Like when you have that many children, nowadays it's a lot, but at the time I think it wasn't. When you have that many children and each child comes come is born and they're like, oh, your child is perfect or whatever. And then the parents go, oh, you know, like, thank, thank goodness. That in this day and age, it just, it doesn't exist in that way because technology has gotten us so far, you know? And my mom, it was just part of our life. Like we had compassion for others, no matter what the situation was, even like taking it out of the disability sect. I remember being a kid and uh, we were driving to Madison Square Garden to go to the circus mm. and we were at a stoplight and this homeless man came up to the window and I had to be like eight years old. 
and I got frightened. So I rode up the window really fast. And here's this man standing outside my window. And my dad was like, don't you ever do that again. Like that is a human being. I understand you were scared, but do you know what you just did to him? You just took away his whole sense of person and humanity. And my dad gave him $10 and he was like, now that's your popcorn money that'll teach you. But it's just my parents have such a deep respect for people and all people that I think that was instilled in me that I didn't think twice about doing this movie because I already appreciated people of all walks of life. But the difference was what I learned on the movie, the intricacies of what I learned. Jija, her real life uh, name is also Jija, she has cerebral palsy. In the movie, she's playing a child. She is in her 40s. She is a wife, a mother. She takes care of her Alzheimer's mother. Like, she's a brilliant mind, one of the most brilliant minds I have ever met. She's written books. She's like, if you talk to her, she's incredible. She's an incredible mind. And I feel like in America, people especially, we don't know enough and all in all countries, we don't know enough. And in America, there's not there there hasn't been. Now it's starting to be. There hasn't been enough discussion. And I think people would have looked at her and been like, oh, she has cerebral palsy and talked around her without mm -hmm. knowing this woman has a PhD. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even when we were in India, we went on like Indian CNN over there and the host who was very gracious and lovely, he was talking to me to talk to them. And I was like, ask her, she's right there. Wow. And it's just like, that's the natural instinct because people think you can't do. And it's just that method of thinking needs to change. So for me, like I said, just to wrap it up in a very long winded way, my parents are very social and compassionate people to all beings. So I think I was okay with seeing whatever. And I had, I wanted to learn, you know, why people were different. So I wasn't like scared or afraid. Like when we were, when we opened in Cannes, some audience member said, oh, you're so brave to do this. Oh, I was so taken aback. Like how dare, like how could you even say those words out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. But I also understood what they meant because they've never seen it before. So they're like, no, I don't, that came out the wrong way. How do I say this? Like how was it like how was it working with so many disabled people i'm like let me tell you something they were more on point they had their lines down these mm -hmm. kids fooled me like i thought that they were having a real fight they were acting like they were more together than somebody who's you know an a-list actor in hollywood like what are you talking about so yeah. it's just changing those perceptions that people have uh i feel like i already had those because my parents were just good parents but as far as what I learned, the takeaway of simple things like Jija has cerebral palsy and she carries a straw with her everywhere in her purse. And I, my first thought for her was, oh, I should get her a metal straw because she was using plastic straws. And every time she was taking it in and out of her purse, it was getting crumpled. Uh, and, but I was like, that's part of her daily life. I never thought those things. You know what I mean? I never would even consider that because I have no way of knowing. So it taught me stuff like that. That's, just having more consideration. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people are missing, to be honest with you. I, you know, when I started this, this is the whole point of why I'm doing this. And I think even the, like the parag or the passage in the beginning where the, when it says, you know, they are disabled 
more by society than their own bodies is like the greatest yeah. thing I've ever heard because that is literally what it is. It's not my physical body. I'm disabled by the way people think and by society. And I think that is the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. Literally, I put it on my Instagram yesterday because yeah. it's something that I've been trying to tell people for years. Do not look at me as somebody who has a disability. Like, don't look at me as a disabled person. Look at me as a human first. Yes. And it's the acknowledgement. And it's an acknowledgement that everyone should have. The Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you pretty much touched on this. But last question. I mean, yeah. what do you hope people take away from this film just to wrap it up? Sure. So uh, the point is, yes, there's ability and disability, but at any moment, in any year, in any given day, anyone can become disabled. Mm -hmm. So the discourse is something that we need to have. Uh, we need more representation and inclusion on the screen. And I believe that's happening more and more. And, you know, everyone should have their goals and dreams championed and everyone has a right to do so. And I think the more that we elevate movies like this, the more it will become part of the natural part of society. And these things that we've struggled with over the past how many decades, it'll just be something of the past. I mean, we just need more acknowledgement, more discourse, more inclusion in a way that it becomes natural. That is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Transformability Podcast. Really quick, where can the people find you on social media before I let before I end this episode? Sure. So I'm at all social media at T-A-M-E-L-A-D-A-M-I-C-O. Tamela D'Amico. Awesome. I will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for watching.